You're too old! This is Get to the Point here in the wonderful audio recording studio in Ranger Hall on the Kingston campus of the University of Rhode Island. I am Joe DeLeon, as always, joined by the bombastic Sean Anderson, and oh, there is Jake Fire, finally back. For everybody that uh, likes what I normally do with the hello everybody, I can no longer do that. We didn't, say, the show we, we didn't say you couldn't do it. Joe made a big announcement that he is the producer. And, he's, he, <laughs> and he X-nayed my hello everybody. So from now on, you know, It was a power that, struggle. I didn't say you couldn't do it. You're the one who said it was it was weird. So I, you you were, know what? Just let, let the people decide what hey, they Jake, want. Hey, Jake, our producer has to have some type of power, right? Yeah, exactly. Our producer. You and I, Jake. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Hey, I said this on Twitter. <laughs> I said this on Twitter. Yeah, throw you, this up on Twitter. You guys can you know do whatever you want. I don't really mind. But the end of the day is I have the password to the SoundCloud and nobody else knows it. Okay. Put a poll up. Put a poll up on Twitter saying, who should open Joe DeLeon or Jake Fire with the hello everybody? A little would, too, you're a little too hot there on your mic. Well, you guys were <laughs> complaining about my distance from the mic in the past. Do you want to switch mics? So we can switch mics. No, we're right not going to switch. We mics. can do a mic switch. No, if you we're want not going to. Gonna, we're not going to mic switch at the beginning of a show. I'm do okay. we have anything to talk about? Can we get to that? Yes, we have Thank plenty you. to talk about. Hey, producer over here. Three major headlines. <laughs> we're going to break down and go really? over the championship games from this past Sunday. I know it's a little bit late, but we've had a slight delay in trying to get in and recording. Some producer, you are. <laughs> Damn, coming at me hot. All right. I'm, 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 yeah, I got you. On, I got you. <laughs> and then the first thing that we're going to dive right into is something that Sean and I actively debated last week in regards to Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, and the climate in Philadelphia. And there was a report from the Philadelphia Voice, I believe it was the name of the outlet, that came out saying that Carson Wentz is essentially a diva. The whole story and the breakdown was that he was very particular in offensive play calling. He wanted things to be done a certain way because he considered himself to be some larger-than-life, big-headed, MVP-caliber quarterback, even though he's only in his third year in the NFL. And some of the things that he did that, that rubbed a lot of people the, long, the wrong way, he was audibling a lot of plays at the line of scrimmage, out of run plays, into passing plays. He was holding the ball way too long, forcing the ball to Zach Ertz, way way too much and with these anonymous reports from some of his teammates immediately right after we had a number of guys on the Eagles taking to Twitter saying that none of these reports were correct now both of you guys I want to know we'll go to Sean first do you believe all the stuff that is being said behind the scenes or do you believe those that came out and projected their voice and said there's nothing wrong with Carson Wentz who is their franchise quarterback? Now, anonymous sources in the team, we don't know necessarily if they are players. They could be training staff. They could be they players. Go, they could Doesn't be practice matter. squad players. Exactly. They could be practice squad players that just think that he, his confidence could be misconstrued. Although it did say that an Eagles team member who has a lot of respect on the team did confront Carson Wentz about this. So, I don't know. I agree disagree. I, I think that... A lot of players do have a problem with Carson Wentz. I think the weirdest part about the situation was that 
everyone's like, oh, oh, these people are denying it. They're denying it. They're his teammates are denying it. But you also have to take into account that one of the biggest people that denied it was Zach Ertz, who's his biggest buddy on the team, and he constantly throws in the ball and forces in the ball. What does that matter? No, I'm just saying it's it's, it's it, you almost can't even really trust Zach Ertz because what's Zach Ertz going to complain? Why can't you trust Zach Ertz because well, he gets the ball? No, but what's Zach Ertz going to complain the, about? He's not impacted the by the situation. This is outrage by everybody. And if someone's actually mad that Zach Ertz is catching 106 catches uh, every year and he's set a new tight end record, they can kick a can. I don't care. They are are they? They're the divas. Well, if they're, if they're really upset with that, he's they obviously are the a talented receiving tight end. But the thing that the article highlighted in, in the whole report pointed out was that in games that they struggled offensively and lost were in which teams realized that Carson Wentz only wants to throw it to Zach Ertz. They shut him down and he ste- he still tried to force him the ball and couldn't find any other receivers. You're not that gonna, was the issue with it. You're not going to throw your boy under the bus. I mean, he's, he's making Zach Ertz money pretty much. So you guys are buying into the article. I I agree that the it is valuable for the Eagles to get rid of Carson Wentz from the business perspective wow. side of things. I mean, think about it. Carson Wentz due for a major, major contract in his upcoming years. And, I, I mean, all right. You but can continue, get a, but continue. Uh, you can get a great player for him, and you can save a whole lot of salary cap. And keep, keep in mind, Nick Foles has been rolling for the Eagles. He has been rolling. Everybody counted the Eagles out in the playoffs, and Nick Nicky Foles strapped up and flew the Eagles right into the wild card. He brought them there. He brought them to the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. Joe I'm doesn't like to understand that concept. Okay, but you, I don't want to go back into this debate. That's fine. But if you do take into account a number of things that when Nick Foles takes over the team, that's when the team starts to get healthy and everyone's finally back. All I'm saying is that if you look at the circumstances in which Nick Foles was able to succeed, he had a lot more going for him than Carson Wentz. But when I look at this report and I read into it, I think that some of these allegations are true, but I think that the anonymous sources are overblowing it. I do think that Carson Wentz probably is a little bit big-headed. He was an MVP candidate up until the point that he tore his ACL last season. And then now he comes in, things aren't working well. He can't move as well because his knee is still not 100%. And he gets impatient. He starts to try and do too much. And there are guys that don't like the way that he's doing things, and it rubbed them the wrong way. That is what I think is going on right now. I don't think that it's a major issue, but I do believe that Carson Wentz is probably a little bit obnoxious. Keep in mind, he's 26 years old already. And Wait, he's 26? He's 26. Fact. And he has not looked like the same quarterback since that injury. He is 26. Wow. That's what I'm saying. And Nick Foles. Great poll, Jake. Nick Foles is 30 years old. And as Tom Brady has shown, you know, age at quarterback is. And all the rules in the NFL are prolonging the life of quarterbacks in the NFL. So Nick Foles, maybe get a good seven years out of him in Philly. I'll take that as a Philly fan, along with a bunch of change and a great player from another organization. Well, if you think about it, wouldn't the market for selling Nick Foles be better than selling Carson no. Wentz? Because you got all these. Carson he, Wentz is a better quarterback. We've been over this. Yes, he's obviously better. But Foles you is could just make, a better quarterback. For you could Philly. make the argument that Foles is a scheme quarterback. Overall yes. talent, Wentz is better. Yes. Overall leadership quality, probably going to go to Foles, especially with this report coming out. Exactly. I don't know, the I tweets agree. all emphasize that 
Wentz was an excellent leader. He's our guy. He is our leader. I'm just curious to know who the rat is, who's coming out and saying all these things, and who is essentially the one that he they feel that they're, that they're being mistreated. Joe, there's a rat in your unit. That's a fact. Okay. It's from The Departed. Never mind. All right, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I, watched, I watched that last Hot night. Hot take. I mean, film. Wentz does throw for... <laughs> A lot of yards. I mean, he's good for at least 3,000 yards per season. It's just product. I mean, he was on track to win the MVP in 2017. Easily. Before he went down. Before he went down. But what Nick Foles does in the playoffs and what he did at the end of the season is MVP status. I, I think so. I mean. Okay, let's be real here. Statistically, the numbers that he put up were nothing that astounding. Nick Foles. He guided a team that was strong defensively and just did the bare minimum to keep them moving forward. Joe, you're a hater. I am a hater. <laughs> I am a hater. <laughs> I will take full responsibility for that. Final thoughts on the Carson Wentz situation. I, I, I've said what I need to say. I think they, there was more. They should get rid of him. That's all I'm going to say. I'm fine with them keeping Wentz or dishing Wentz out, take it or leave it, as long as they don't beat the Skins next year. I just don't think you get as good of a deal. I think you can get more out of getting rid of him. I think that they need to keep Carson Wentz, but they need to resolve whatever leadership problems he has created and whatever negative climate he has started to contribute to whatever issues he's causing they ultimately need to fix that it's very hard to change the mindset of a 26 year old man well it's all about maturation it's all about he's in his third year in the league i understand he's not that young for a a young quarterback but it's his third year in the league it's going to take him some time to to get acclimated to what he can and and can't do he acts like he won a super bowl for philly and he didn't and the article also said that people have been parading him around his whole life, saying that, oh, you're the greatest, you're the greatest. So, wait, you're telling me that if Nick Foles started both seasons, full seasons, that they would have been a Super Bowl champion last year and they would have made the playoffs this season. Are we just going to forget the awful performances he put up at the beginning of the year this year? I wouldn't that, say that awful. stomped Atlanta. Eagles fans were begging for Carson Wentz to come back. Begging. Ask any Eagles fan in the beginning of the season. They were desperately trying to get Carson Wentz back because Nick Foles was stumbling his way through those games. And I wouldn't say he stomped Atlanta, but he had, that was his only good performance. The rest of the games, he really did not have any good output. He only played two weeks. Uh, he played week one and week two before. Oh, I thought it was week three, too, but still. So they, he went they, one and one, and it, he, he lost to Tampa, which is what are, what, are his, what are his throwing numbers? They got crushed by Tampa. I forgot about that. They yeah. were, uh, 27-21, but his yards... He threw for 334 against Tampa, touchdown, no interception, which is uh, – I'm fine with that. That's a good – if your if TD ratio is one to none, that's fine. I'm good to that. I'm good with that. What was his, his stats against Atlanta? 117, no touchdowns, one interception, which is not that good. I mean, most would argue that's relatively bad in today's – NFL offense. I would which also is, argue that is bad. It is. It is pretty bad, and especially consider quarterbacks are held to this standard, where it needs to be 350 yards, multiple touchdowns, no picks. All you got to do is win the game, and that's what they did. All right. Well, we had two of arguably the best AFC Championship games in the same day. First time ever that we saw two games 
go to overtime. Is that what you were trying to say, Sean? Conference championship games. What did I say? AFC championship games. Sorry, conference championship games. Easily to the best. Both of them Easily. went to overtime. Producer. Quit, Our, day, quit day football. What did she say? <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys, but like I was... I, my Floored. Yeah, floored. I, I w- could not sit still. I was leaning forward, locked in on the TV. I Joe, wanted to know what happened. Did we leave the living room? No. We didn't leave We the were there room. the whole time. I mean, you guys aren't Pats fans, so you didn't really have oh, as much of a stake. We're football fans. No, yeah, but you guys didn't have a... I, my stomach was... Tr- when Kansas City... I don't know which game we're going to talk about right now, but when Kansas City drove down with that final 20 seconds left, they got inside the 20-yard oh no, the yard line. I thought, thought, I thought that was it. I thought they were going to score. All right, well, we're going, to get in, we're going to get into each game specifically, but the first game that was played at 3 o'clock, Rams-Saints. Rams ended up getting a controversial win in which a pass interference call was omitted and not called by a score of 26-23, game-winning field goal by Greg the Leg Zerline. Now, Sean, what was your biggest takeaway from that game? That the Rams' interior deal lineman is probably the best combination that we've ever seen in the NFL. So just combination. You're not going to include any of the other guys in the D line. No, no, no. The the, the combination. I mean, Aaron Donald was a force of nature. With Dante Fowler, he's either in the play or he's a ghost on the field, or you're playing a man down. He's either in there or he's he's gone, and he's gone a lot of the time. Michael Brockers, off penalties. So many penalties with Brocker, Brockers, but Sue, and Donald. I mean, we're watching. We're watching the best interior forces combination of, of all time. Nature. You think more too many than guys to worry about. Uh, Jerome Brown and Reggie White and Reggie White. Yeah, Reggie White you played think, a lot of end. I, that's the, the first pair I thought of. Also, I, I but I, saying, I'm still yeah. saying Sue and and, and Donald. Uh, that might be close. And it's really hard to go against the minister. Yeah. Honestly, Ooh. Jerome Sue, Brown. Sue yeah, and that's Donald. A, that's a really good pull. I for, I, w- I wish I could have watched them play when they were on the Eagles. You're watching a better v- version right now with with Sue and Donald. A new age defensive lineman. In all honesty, the way the the prototype that is built for the defensive tackle is changing because of Aaron Donald. He's my MVP this year. He is my MVP. 100% defense. I don't know, but Patty Mahomes has done some pretty incredible stuff, too. But We don't need to go into our MVP votes yet. Sam, I'm sold on him. The I, honors I will be soon. He's top top three. I agree with you. I like him. We're going to be yeah. making our picks very soon on our honors. But now, Jake, what was your takeaway from the game? That call, which was the worst call I've ever seen in the history of my days watching football. <sighs> just because of the magnitude of the game and just how blatant it was, like it was just oh, it was that was awful. I don't even have words to describe how bad that call was. Didn't even go for the ball. He could have intercepted the ball. My pops thinks there's a whole NFL conspiracy. Oh my god. Here we that. go. Here we go. I'm just saying. Oh, what is here it? we go. Oh, I, I forgot it. No. He's what just, was this conspiracy? Uh, here, Jake, you keep talking. I'll, I'll try to figure out the conspiracy. Well, it was a, my takeaway that, that I got from this game is that Jared Goff is a much better quarterback than we give him credit for. He made some miraculous throws. There's one play that is ingrained in my mind where it was a play-action pass. Pressure was right in his face. He was literally getting wrapped up and taken to the ground, and he was able to hit Tyler Higby on – a wide open spot. Was that ends third? up getting the first down. That was a third down. It was but a third down. He did that multiple times. He did that he, multiple times. What, he they just these, ran yeah. the play action the wrong way, and he's just getting a face full of of Saints defenders, and was able to get the ball off. He, I hate to cut you off, but it yeah, happened no. multiple times. It was he awesome. he took on that type of pressure, and then also you have to take into account that he was facing a situation that almost no young quarterback would be able to survive in, which is playing in 
the dome in New Orleans, the Mercedes-Benz Dome. That is easily one of the loudest indoor arenas in the NFL. You could tell that early on he was extremely flustered. His Yeah, the whole offense, his headset and his helmet was not working for the first few drives. Finally, he calms down, he's resilient, he fights through. And I think, honestly, a lot of us assumed like, oh, this kid, he can't take it. He's done on those first two drives. He just threw a pick. Not his fault, but still. Everyone thought the game was over. He was resilient. He fought through it. And he proved that he's a better quarterback than I think we give him credit for. I mean, he's had his moments throughout the season, though. I mean, he came out he has on struggled. fire. He came out on fire. And Minnesota kinda, was a fire game. And he kind of trailed off a lot as the season went on. He kind of trailed off, trailed off. And I remember seeing, uh, that's what people were talking about, can Goff pull it together. And he 100% did. I was very impressed with his performance. And Patriots definitely have to worry about a couple of weapons on that Rams offense. It. To be fair, though, any good offense is going to tail off a little bit in the middle of the season because your opponents are going to eventually figure out how to scheme against you. And they faced a bunch of good teams. The Bears, the Eagles, good defense. Yep. Uh, there's one more that I'm, I'm blanking on. He didn't have a great game against the Chiefs. What was their, Oh, the Saints was their other loss. And he had a better game in that game, but it wasn't a it wasn't his per- best outing of the season. But going against better defenses, they're gradually going to figure out how to better scheme against him. And coming into the playoffs, coming in in that setting, taking advantage of the opportunities that given to him, making those big throws, that's why I think he needs to get more credit than is being given to him. I think you need to get more credit for staying strong during that speech while I was trying to air out this room. Because it was so stuffy. Thank that you. was impressive. Thank you, Sean. We are we are in a literal sauna right now. But, yeah, we got um, you got three uh, three above average sized at the, at the minimum. <laughs> Sean is well above average size. Man of larger carriage. But you know, be three sweaty men in a room, and we're just. I feel like that we're just sounded, making this room. That we're, sounded horrible. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> three sweaty. We're, we're just, right. But we're progressively making this room hotter. I mean, and Jake, you brought up though. The penalty situation on go. a pass interference call. So, Sean and I have been at each other's throats about the ability to change and improve officiating. Lock it in, people. Does, more, more regulation this here. Is a, this is a two-parter. Jake, I want to go to you first because you're the one who helped us get to this point. Okay. Oh, I, d- I did that unintentionally. Oh, a boy. Does something need to be done to improve officiating? Part two, if so, what would you change? Honestly, nothing more needs to be added to the rule book. Everything is getting. Well, we're not. Ta- we're not talking about rule book. We're talking about officiating and how they can make the process cleaner. There's just nothing you. Can, that was just like a, more a replay, the ability to, make, Thank to you. challenge a call like that. It's just a missed call, and that's just very unfortunate for the Saints. And the NFL even said they missed the call. I just don't know how something as blatant, as violent as that, just doesn't get called. I mean. I just can't. I, I have no words. I have no words for what I saw. It it's a missed call. That's exactly what it is. is it's it a, a missed call. call. If you want to add some more regulation, I know your argument that you're about to have. I've had enough time to prep it. You can add as much regulation as you want. And if you want to do that, then I guess they could stop that potential call from happening last time, uh, next time. But let me tell you what happened. The referees are going to officiate themselves. They're going to fix it themselves, just like they did with the roughing the passer calls. The first five weeks, look what happened. Oh, yellow everywhere. Yellow everywhere on the quarterback. NFL's uh, 
in shambles. What happened after that? Oh, okay. We understand now. It's okay. Some hits are okay. Some hits are not okay. We found the rhythm of it. That was just a missed call. It, it, to be, that play will not happen again. Will not happen again. And to be completely honest, the refing during this playoffs has been a little more relaxed. They're letting stuff go. They're That's letting, how it is. That's how it should be play. for the playoffs. And I'm... I love, I love that's I, I love, I hate when refs dictate how the game goes. Let the guys play. My only here we go reasoning in this situation is that I don't think that there needs to be an overall control of every single play in every single situation. All I'm saying is that to prevent major situations like we saw against the Rams and Saints that changed and altered. The outcome of that game. The Saints had a 98% chance of winning if they got that first down, and they didn't. Completely changed the course of that game. And there were some other missed calls before it as well. But the point I'm the trying Saints to make here is that... Saints? No, there were other missed calls uh, for the Rams as well. But you said Rams get the first down. I meant to say Saints. Sorry. But the point I'm trying to make here is that the changes that could be made to improve, all you need is one or two officials... In the stadium, in a, in a booth, in whatever, wherever the stadium is where the game is being played. And in a blatant situation where they miss a call, they should have a right to call down to the head official. You know, we see it all the time. Whenever there's a situation where refs are questioning a call, they come in, they meet, they have a quick conversation, one-minute conversation. While they're talking, they quickly review the play, they acknowledge it's pass interference. The guy in the booth calls down and says, hey, that play was pass interference. You either need to review it or you need to to make a pl- uh, call on that play. And that thought came from, I'd just like you to credit your source. I came up with that on my own yesterday, yesterday, and then it was supported by Mike Pereira, who was on Mike Francesa yesterday. It's honestly not a terrible thought, but... So you thought of it first? I did not think... I don't think I thought of it first, but I thought of it on my own, and then somebody helped uh, support and okay. Okay. contribute to my idea. Mike Pereira, former official and current oh officiating analyst. I mean, that adds another dynamic to the game, which will it be? Will there be more positive effects or negative effects to the game? With I don't think it would slow it down, and I think it would make things cleaner. It would one hundred percent slow things down. No, but the whole point is that it is inside. The arena. It takes a second for him to just quickly replay it, replay it. If it takes that long for them to look over it, then you go to instant replay and you take some more time. But in an obvious situation like that, and they'll obvi- have a better angle. That's my next point. In, in the obvious situation, but are they going to do it for every Joe Schmo penalty, like a holding? Or are you going to have go no? The that's the po- the the point is that you're not going to over mitigate the situation and take over for offsides holding any of that stuff the point is if you have a you know a pass interference um on either end or i'm trying to think, you know roughing the passer something that is a significant yardage gainer there should be a way to look at it and consider the outcome of the penalty i mean to it be shouldn't o- just be done on the field to be honest every you, every penalty affects the game it gives the team the first down then they score on that drive or it doesn't give them the first down. They don't score on that drive. I mean, I feel like that's putting way too much hands, put we're putting way too much in the hands of the NFL. So you want to treat it almost like a uh, a technical foul in basketball, where the ref goes over there, makes sees if it's flagrant or not, 
and then makes yeah, but a decision. Th- that process is slowed down because he has to walk over to a monitor and oh, they have geez. to pull it up. I'll slow down, but I was just wondering if that that's like the basic structure uh, yes, of to review. An, to an extent, you have. A, I just want another set of eyes on things oh, so that when someone's head's turned and they can't see or they don't have the right angle, that they can just add a little bit of additional input. Maybe it's just bringing another official onto the field. As simple as that. Something needs to be done. It was a missed call. I understand I that. Yeah. Everyone's okay, losing their okay, minds okay, over it. It's let a me, missed call. It happens. Sean, let me ask you, you can this. make up. That call will not happen again after this. Will not. That, that same instance, So you're saying that pass happen. interference calls don't happen and Joe get away Hayden with? Joe got a pass interference call uh, on him in the, in the, um, for the Steelers. It's going to keep happening. It happens. Okay, but wouldn't you agree that a penalty is technically cheating? If you get away with it, you're you're violating the rules. You're doing something that is not allowed to get an advantage. This is the first time. So why should a team? Because I'm about to light you but up. But why should another <laughs> team? Why should? Why should another team have the opportunity to opportunity? cheat? Opportunity. It's not cheating. It's, not it's cheating. the game. This you're, is so wait, a- you're telling me that that was that was a completely legal play. What it Roby was Coleman a did was not called. But what he did was cheating. He didn't allow. For the ball to be caught, how should that be allowed? Just because it was a it's missed call, not allowed, Joseph. Joe. It's obviously hold not on, allowed. Hold on, but hold, we on, hold on, hold on, Joe. Yes. Can I ask you a question? No. Well, I'm asking you anyways. <laughs> All right. What's the question? Name another missed call as significant as the one we saw. Saturday. Don't you say the one that Sully said? Or Sunday. What was the one that Sully said? Don't worry. Just continue. I can't think of one off the top of my Sully head. Sully said the, the, exactly, the Music City but, Miracle. Okay, Music City Miracle is pretty obvious. Tuck Rule. Uh, tuck Rule, but they re- they reviewed that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I think if you went back, you could find instances. The only reason why this has become a major issue is, one, because it was so recent, and it's the f- last thing we have ingrained in our memories of this game, and two, is because of the stage. Now, there's probably multiple occasions in regular season games in which that penalty has not been called when it should have been. I'm just saying the missed calls are far and few between that they don't get reviewed, and what we saw in New Orleans, that won't happen again. Joe just wants another pair of eyes on him, so when he gets an unsportsmanlike conduct, (laughs) somebody can veto it. That's what he's looking for. <laughs> I know your plan, hey, guy. Hey, hey, I'm hey. on to you. Hey. Save the Powerade bottles. It's never the first guy. It's never. To, oh, dang, man, you guys, that hurts. It's never the first guy who starts. It's the one who finishes. So I mean, like in that situation, I still would have gotten the penalty. You're like Ronaldo running off the field, <laughs> just giving a super kick to the bottles. What they do to you? <laughs> what they do that to hurts. you, Joe? Are we? I don't know. Nothing's more. Nothing's more frustrated than being completely tossed. <laughs> by an opponent just, we, just absolutely tossed yeah, it wasn't even <laughs> like I don't know how you can rec- I, they, you gotta blow off some steam otherwise I would've gone out there and I would've launched that thing over Garrow's head you wanna let you wanna let Jake just spew his nonsense about the AFC championship game alright so the I mean, AFC he's, championship he's game he's chomping at the bit was another at the overtime bit. thriller Patriots get the ball march down score classic another t- classic TB12 conversation comes with this and we're going to get this to get to this point in a what'd second. What did you just say? What did you just say? There is another rule conversation that has been brought up. I'm not advocating for it. No, no, no. You're looking at me. I'm there's not always there's always an ostrich above above the wind every single time. Nobody can just give the well, pats credit. There's always an ostrich com- above the wind, Joe. 
There's always ostrich. an ostrich. Ostrich. There's always an ostrich. Asterisk that, for YouTube dullers. <laughs> that ostrich. <laughs> but to, I completely agree with you, but the thing is, it opens up a conversation, and it's worth discussing. And let's but hear it. Th- we're not going to get to it just yet. We're going to talk about our takeaways from this game. Patriots ended up winning 31-37 after getting the ball, winning the toss, and marching down and scoring. Now, Jake, what was your takeaway from this game? Just one of the best football games I've ever watched. I mean, if you weren't a Patriots fan, would you be saying the same thing? I would. I would, to be honest. I mean, Kansas City came down, not a lot of time on the clock, kicked a game time field goal, sent it to overtime. Whoever won that coin toss was winning the game, and it was for both sides. I can tell you that both fans enjoyed the game, but not everybody enjoyed the outcome of the game. And we saw class. We saw Tom Brady at his best. I mean. People have been doubting him, and I just want to say that his stats this season are better than the stats of Peyton Manning's 2008 MVP season. And he's—I'm just—it's just, it's just a stat. It's a, it's a hot take. I—I I was all I saw on Twitter and group messages was just like Tom Brady had a better statistical season than when Peyton Manning won the MVP. I don't know. I just—I'm a little sick of that. Whose voice that, is that? that? I just it's a very to, good impression. To, just uh, actually, uh, who was the one who posted it? I blanked. That's a culmination of everybody in yeah, WRU. In, in the WRU everybody. Group chat. It's just like everyone's just. <sighs> but anyways, I, I mean, I do agree that <laughs> Tom Brady did not have as great of a season as he normally does, or that he's capable of. But I mean, you got to give the man credit in this playoff game. I mean, he stepped up. I mean, that he had a lousy throw in the goal line, and. That was just a poor decision on his part. But in that overtime drive, he had third and nine, third and ten, third and ten, and every time delivered a perfect ball to keep that drive moving down the field. The crazy thing about Tom Brady's performance in this game is he had a, he had a great performance, mm-hmm. but he almost threw three interceptions. If D four didn't go off sides, if the if the Patriots didn't win, the media would be freaking out right now about how Tom Brady's done. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. To be a complete right. overreaction. Absolutely right. But um, the Pats did win. So, have you guys been seeing Max Kellerman? Have you been seeing what he's been saying? He's I turned. He uh, has made the most incredible heel turn in all of sports media. Great. He's he's passed over Skip. He's passed over Shannon Sharp. He is the ultimate heel. Well, Gre- Gresh says uh. that he doesn't think he believes in what he says like they they te- like he does he puts on a performance that's turning because he's heel. being paid that's a million turning heel. you have turned heel on this show so you do it far more frequently than i do i believe in my own takes no I, no you're the you're you've turned heel no, no I mean, cuz i usually say some dumb stuff Kellerman's and you're still, like oh you were afterwards you always come up to me you're like oh you were joking right and i'm like no kellerman <laughs> is still anti brady i'm not really He's just, but he's, he's the only one that's really anti Brady, so I think he's just doing that to like. Aren't we talking about Max Kellerman right now? Like he's doing that to get people to talk about him. I think he's embarrassed about how wrong he was. He's a troll. He's just trying to get a reaction out of people. Sean, what was your takeaway from the AFC Championship? Andy Reid is a phenomenal coach. I'll, I'll have I, that as my I takeaway. Agree. I think they were getting out coached that first quarter, that whole first quarter, first half, first half. Andy Reid made adjustments. He was able to co- he was able to get that team into overtime. He almost he, he should have won the game, but you know should have is it's, a strong it's, word. It's a, it's a game. It's a it's a full sixty minutes and overtime. If you get overtime, I think he would have coached that team to a win if they had gotten the ball in overtime. I think he was 
phenomenal in that second half. That bridges into my takeaway. I completely agree. Andy Greed. Andy Reid is an amazing coach. Best walrus in the NFL. But Andy Greed. Andy Greed. That that might fit with him. But for a very good reason, the Chiefs fired their defensive coordinator, Bob Sutton. This team underperformed despite numerous weapons that they have on the defensive side of the football. And their run defense was porous. Terrible. Atrocious against the Patriots in this game. They ran all over them. Adjective. I mean the Patriots Adjective. The the Patriots <laughs> the Patriots O line has been phenomenal. Yeah, the, they've been the really last, good. Nails. As I mean Stone would say. Half end of the season and the playoffs, it lights out. Tom Brady didn't even get touched in this game. The Patriots offensive line has always been great at taking out key factors along the defensive line. Colin Cowherd said it that Khalil Mack was taken out out of the game against the Bears. J.J. Watt in seven games only has a half a sack against the Patriots. Because we brought back Dante Skarnecchia, our offensive line coach. The best offensive line coach arguably in the NFL right now. Yep. But they need to go out there and get someone that is going to resolve these defensive woes because Chris Jones and D. Ford are very talented young players. They 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 don't have enough. I mean, they, don't they have do enough. need more pieces. They need to go spend some more money. I mean, they have Justin Houston, Eric Berry, but I think they're on the the wrong Eric side Clary. of their career. Wait, which Fuller do they have? Is it Kyle or Kendall? Kyle is in because he came from the Reds. Houston. I didn't want to just blurt out. They a have Fuller Kendall name. Fuller. Okay, they have Kendall Fuller. He's good corner. Which Fuller is in Chicago? Are there two? Who, who's Bob, the receiver? Bob. Bob. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> Kyle Fuller is in Chicago. Okay, Kendall Fuller is in Kansas City. Will Fuller is in... No, Will Fuller is not related to Houston. Them. You're talking about Will Fuller, the receiver? Yes, they're all Fullers. He's not related, though. There's a third... There, I'm pretty sure there's a third Fuller yeah, brother. Fuller the fifth is not there's, related there's, to them. I'm there's just telling, I'm just yeah, telling you where the Fuller Fullers corners. are. Right. I'm telling you where the Fullers are. God, we are the worst at naming personnel. It's, like, <laughs> keeping up, it's like keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> you weren't here the last week. We, just, we were stumbling upon each other. Actually, we didn't even get to record that podcast. Because uh, we had technical issues, but we were bickering over if Ted Ginn was still on the Saints and if Ben he Watson was. was playing. He was. So I was right in both cases. Sean like Sean shakes his head at me in disbelief. I thought we had the technology. We do not have the technology. We have technology. What I was most impressed with from that AFC game was the Patriots' ability to shut down Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. It was just unbelievable. I mean, those are two. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey killed the Colts. Killed them. Shut them down. Did not. They shut down their defense with their offensive play, but which doesn't really make sense because I just stumbled on my words. But that's okay. <laughs> now the conversation, and we brought it up it's like because a limerick. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did we just say the word limerick? I did. To the point? I did. I had the okay, point. Okay, but I'm saying, I had w- the w- was that word really just said yeah, on Get J- to the Point? Jake was speaking in tongues. <laughs> <I didn't. laughs> now, the conversation yeah, well, that we wanted to bring yeah, up, the, though, and that you're already getting that Joe wanted to bring visibly. Because Joe loves no, the rules. No, but everyone is talking about this. Like Every scout. major sports media outlet is talking about this, and, and Jake was already getting visibly upset over if something needs to be done about the overtime rule. A lot of people were saying and making the case that Kansas City should have touched the football. What do you think, Sean, I'm going to go to you first. What do you think needs to be done, if anything, at all? Keep it the same, make some slight changes. 
Look, there's a lot of people at Andy Gresh that think that it's a team sport, uh, and so the defense should be able to stop that offense. But you play four four full quarters at defense, you're going to get a little worn down. It's obviously an offensive advantage uh, when it comes into overtime. I would love to see playoff football overtime, if and whenever it happens, be structured like college football overtime. Thank you. Uh, but that no. would be cool for entertainment value. That would it be would cool. easily be. That would have been an amazing game. But it would have been a 50-50-something game. At the same time, I'm fine with it staying how it is. It's just how overtime works. It's not unfair either. You leave It's 50-50, a coin. You have the same odds at getting the ball first as the other team. It's not that complicated. If you're fortunate enough to get the ball first, you better score a touchdown. And if you don't score a touchdown, then the other team will always kick a field goal. I do, I do, like you said, I think that they could keep things the way they are and it'd be completely fine. But the to play devil's advocate here, I understand it is a team game. You need to stop a team on defense if you want to win the game. But if Patrick Mahomes got that football, they would have scored. Like, why does a coin have to decide, and this is me playing devil's advocate here, this is not my take, but why does a coin have to decide who wins the football game. Because that's the rule, Joe, and you're all about the rules, so I'm surprised that you're... I'm really not that big of a rule stickler. This is just Sean trying to institute the fact that like, I'm some type of dictator. Okay, Are you things. raising your hand? No, yes, that's, Sean. That's three times Jake has left me hanging, and Jake is also wearing the most atrocious pair of socks I've ever seen in my life. What's wrong with hands? <laughs> Quality, comfort... <laughs> Haynes. Hey, da, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> you can't just drop a tagline in here. <laughs> They're not paying us. <laughs> Quality, comfort, Haynes. Tackless now, too, according to MJ. I hope we're going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I hope we get sued. Why would they sue us for using well, I don't, slandering it was, them? It's free advertisement. It's a joke. <laughs> Bad one. <laughs> <laughs> it was a decent joke. <laughs> I'm curious because you guys aren't Patriots Chiefs fans, so who? Well, I hate the Patriots. I think Sean can agree with me on that, right? Why you're a Giants fan? I don't hate the Patriots. You've, you've bested ever us. since Tom Brady's uh, when he talked. Ever since Tom Brady talked about his dad, I've been in love with the man. When Tom Brady was answering the question of who his hero was, and he was talking about his old man, I'm like, okay, this dude is he's a good guy. He he's my favorite now. He's my favorite. I'm just I'm so you just, want, you I'm want sick the of the same storyline. I don't know. I, sick of the same storyline. It's the old vet. How are you sick of that? It's the underdog. Eight, eight, it's like, wait, that nine, is, like, is it eight or nine straight Super Bowls? I'm tired of watching them. I want to see another team. Third I know Super they're Bowl. dominant and they've 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 effectively Third. dominated other teams, but I am so sick of seeing the same team winning in the AFC. It's not like the Warriors, though. Like the Warriors load up their team. The Patriots just build raw talent from a great developmental it's a, system. It's a well-coached team, but doesn't mean that I can't root against them because I want to see someone else. You know what That's that game fair. was to me? What? That was Nolan Ryan versus Robin Ventura. That fight. What? When, he, when Nolan Ryan was like 40, 45 years old in the MLB, uh, young guy, Robin Ventura, tried to come out and fight him. Ryan puts him in a headlock and beats <laughs> and just beats on him. That that's what that game was to me. I thought it was really cool. But, I think it's um, cool seeing the old guy do the work because I know Mahomes is going to be dominant. The Patriots are going to hand the torch to the Chiefs. Tom Brady's handing the torch to, to Mahomes, and I, I I would be surprised if Mahomes didn't get at least three Super Bowls throughout his career. Jesus, that is a 
I'm telling bold, bold prediction. Is there, it? Uh, it depends where Trevor Lawrence goes. That's all I'm going to say. Because oh, that kid is going to You're be. Already all, uh, count I, your, I am putting a jacket on that kid right now. You're is, counting your eggs. I am. I like eggs. His career will die with the Jets or something like that. Sam Darnold. No, he's not going to end it. He's not going to end up with the Jets. Are you Sam guys Darnold ready to see terrible. Washington destroy Kyler Murray's career? <laughs> he, that's where he was projected oh, to go. Oh, I'm no. like, oh, I can't. I, I'm almost rooting for it. I love Kyler Murray, but I'm almost rooting for the destruction. What happened the last just time a, you took an undersized mobile quarterback? Exactly. What happened the last exactly. time? Exactly. Can't wait. He was actually good for a little while. RG3? Brought in the playoffs. Yeah, he was good. It's just his, his knees did not hold up. He was getting annihilated with hits. He ran the ball far too much. Are we really talking about RG3? Uh, about RG3? My last. My let's, la- let's open up the scars, Sean. Let's open them up. <laughs> <laughs> let's dig in there. Okay, Miami boat trip. How about that? Okay, no. All right. <laughs> All right, so for, for Sean, final that thought. That was way better. Sean, what is your final thought? <laughs> my final thought. Huh. My final thought, I think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. Because they're going to be wearing their blue and gold unis. It's a hot take. And that is... It's not a hot take. Rams by 50 in those unis. I think uh, it is up. so spectacular. I want to see the the, uh, the Patriots and their white throwbacks. If the Rams are going to be wearing their throwbacks. I think that would be so sweet. They're just going to wear their white away uniforms like normal. Boo. Why? Yeah. They win the Super Bowl S- in the white. Suck. Boo. Oh, Joe. <laughs> That's all I can say. Joe, Joe, Rams Super Bowl unis and, are sweet. And Joe, what's your take? I'm taking over the show. No, <laughs> Joe, what's your take? I, we're not doing this. Jake, give your take, then Joe. Give your take. Yep. Because Joe has to do housekeeping also. Yes. Um, my ta- my f- my final thought is housekeeping. Oh, okay. Yeah. Housekeeping. My final thought nice is, oh. um, you know, I'm very very excited and anxious for the Super Bowl because you know the Rams have a lot of weapons in that D line is going to be a problem, but our offensive line has been holding on very well, so it should be an interesting matchup, to say the least. Housekeeping! All right, well, make sure to follow us on Twitter, at GTTP Podcast. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, the podcast app. Anywhere that you can get some type of signal that plays audio, we are probably on there if we're not. Tell us, I will find a way. I will get, I will print vinyl records just so you can listen if you're that old fashioned. Uh, can we get some DMs also? Yes, DM us. My Holy. dad's the only one that DMs us. We get at least 50 listeners you know in episode. I think we should answer the, the wait, wait, only I, one. I think we should answer the one. Uh, I'll answer because it was directed towards me. The one DM question we got this week was from uh, Chris Anderson, Sean Anderson's dad. Yep, thanks, Bob. And he was asking. <laughs> Uh, he was asking me how I don't know what FUBU is, and my response to that is, do I, the whitest person on the, at the University of Rhode Island, look like I know what FUBU is? No, you don't. I, I didn't expect you to know, <laughs> do you know what, what FUBU, FUBU is. No, no, not a Oh, clue, my no. God. Yes, I'm not the only a one. Double whammy. <laughs> it's, but, uh, it, yeah. <laughs> it's a clothing line. Yeah. <laughs> Let me give a, oh, I know FUBU from Shark Tank, right? Oh. Was that it? Damon owns for a, for us by us. Anyways, I'm gonna give a <laughs> I'm gonna give a quick shout out to Go my ahead. buddy Brees Hill, who's an avid listener of the show, and his pops Greg Hill on uh, WAF 107.3 Boston. So uh, shout out to you guys. Keep listening. Thank you for tuning in. On our next episode, we're gonna find out if Jake will overtake me. And that will happen. And hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. And uh, 
tune in to hear me open it up for Get to the Point. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> We're going to have a fight to the death. It'll be on social media. <laughs> did you really have to get the <laughs> press the button? <laughs> yes, I did. Go, no, you can take it. I don't care. It's too late.